Welcome, everybody. This is the Hot Tag. I am Chrissy Francesco, and it will only be yours truly for this special episode I wanted to bring you guys, which is basically reviewing what we all just saw here on Sunday night, which would have been NXT TakeOver in your house, uh, a beautiful, nostalgic uh, show that we saw tonight. For those of you who were, you know, old enough to remember the early 90s, I know there's quite a few people in the demo that listened to our show that might have been born in 1995 uh, that can't remember 25 years ago when the first In Your House came out and it kind of changed the landscape of professional wrestling. I mean, that was basically when that was the first time the WWE then F went from the traditional big four pay-per-views to having uh, a monthly pay-per-view where I think it was fourteen ninety five for the pay-per-view. It was uh, smaller shows. You only had about maybe five, six matches. It was two hours long. Um, but it, it, it changed the game. I mean, that was basically um, when you can pretty much say that's where, you know, I, I, more eyes, more eyeballs hit the product. You were able to get certain talents over, uh, get them more exposed as well. I mean, that was pretty much where you got to see the rise of Shawn Michaels and you got to see Bret Hart at his very best. And, you know, just think of the pay-per-views that we saw in your house. Um, you had the very first one, obviously, which is, you know, it's the first. You can never repeat a first time, obviously. And then you keep going forward from that. You had, you know, uh, uh, Bad Blood. You had the 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 Mind Games with Shawn Michaels and Mankind. The list goes on and on of In Your House. You know, the Fatal 4-Way uh, for the championship where Bret Hart uh, won that there. You had, you know, Good Friends, Better Enemies, which was Shawn Michaels and Diesel going at it, which was, I think, Diesel's very last WWF pay-per-view. Uh, I think that was, you know, late 96. Um so in your house has such a storied history, and it's it's a shame it went away. But obviously understood. Once you hit the attitude era and you're full bore running, you're just gonna you know create a, a new thing. That's what WWE has always been doing. Is they change it up. They kind of get with the times. For the most part, they get with the times. Uh, so it was really cool to see the NXT nostalgia um, uh, come through here with the in your house uh, gimmick, which was it was awesome. Uh, I mean. Gosh, they even brought back Todd Pettengale. For those of you who don't know Todd Pettengale, he was, you know, when we see, you know, Caleb Braxton or, or whoever does backstage interviews, you know, Renee Young uh, at the time, whoever did all those backstage interviews, that was Todd Pettengale. He was out, he was very eccentric. He was, you know, a good looking guy. He had a great voice. You know, a lot of people don't under, realize that Todd Pettengale is actually a very famous, well-recognized uh, radio broadcaster. Uh, I know he has like his, his own thing now that he does, uh, you know, virtually or, you know, visually. You can watch him online or on his website. It's a paid streaming service. But I think for a long time, man, he was in that New York market for 20 years, over 20 years. So it was really neat for them to, to bring back Todd Pettengill to do some old school promos. Because to me, the very first thing, I remember when they announced In Your House, and right on Twitter, the first thing everybody said was, please get Todd Pettengill to come back. And it's what's cool is sometimes if you go back and you you think of the older stuff, maybe like in the 90s, and you want to go back and get some of those people, uh, sometimes those guys left the WWE 
on bad terms. You'll never see guys like that. Um, the cool thing is, if you've ever listened to Todd Pettengill do interviews, he was always very fond of his time in the WWF. Uh, it, so it was awesome to see Todd. You know, so has a great voice. Obviously, he's aged 25 years. You know, that that, that happens to all of us. Um, but that was really neat. Um, but let's kind of get down to the overall show. I thought it was a great show from top to bottom. Uh, there's a couple things that bothered me. Uh, we have a new NXT Women's Champion, uh, Io Shirai, uh, beat Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. Uh, pretty quick turnaround for Charlotte being the, the champion. I mean, she became NXT champion at WrestleMania, and that was in April. And now here we are, you know, the first, you know, just about the end of the second week of June, and Charlotte is no longer the NXT champion. I, 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 I'm not entirely sure where that's going to go. I assume with a, a lot of these call-ups happening, um, Charlotte's, I guess, her services are needed on raw and smackdown i assume she's gonna go probably be with smackdown uh bailey's had the title now for you know 17 years it feels like so i I don't know maybe if this is the the perfect opportunity for charlotte to go and take the title off of of bailey for now um but you know we'll we'll see what happens there uh there's monday night raw uh tomorrow night and then there's uh friday night smackdown so i'm sure we'll hear from charlotte very soon uh, other than that, no other title changed hands. Uh, let's see here. Keith Lee retained his uh, North American Championship against Johnny Gargano. That was actually the longest match of the night. They got just over uh, 20 minutes. The, the next closest match was um, the main, the women's main event got 17 and a half minutes. Um, Adam Cole defeated Velveteen Dream in the last chance backlot brawl for his NXT Championship. Uh, so what they mean by last chance, you guys know, if Dream lost, he can no longer challenge for the NXT Championship as long as Adam Cole is champion. So now we're we're well over a year in this Adam Cole uh, NXT reign, and it's been pretty damn impressive. I think the Undisputed Era is a very underrated, uh, undisputed, underrated, I don't mean to do that but i mean that's just the fact that it's a, he's a very underrated faction um they have you know four studs in 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 that group there and uh they've been together for over a year they've dominated for over a year for a pretty good amount of time all four members had nxt titles around their waist and it would be really neat to see if maybe they can do some kind of invasion thing um on raw or smackdown i mean obviously that's just me just throwing a pipe dream out there. I think with NXT being its own brand, they're just highly effective at what they're doing. And the, the good news coming out of, I guess, this weekend, other than the pay-per-view, was you know, there was rumors for a week or so, a couple weeks, since Britt Baker and AEW made the comment about she hopes to see Adam Cole in AEW very soon. And obviously, that sparked a barrage of rumor and innuendo uh, regarding the con the contractual status of Adam Cole, who I believe his contract current his before this weekend his current deal expired in August. Well, uh, if rumors are true, we all know how um, reliable the dirt sheets can be, depending on who you listen to. Uh, but sometimes, as wrestling fans, it's it's our ESPN.com, it's our newspaper, I'm really dating myself, which is fine. We're discussing In Your House, which is 25 years old when newspapers were relevant. So 
as a wrestling fan, sometimes dirt sheets are our newspapers. That's how we find out certain things. Um, cause you know, you got, you gotta keep things kayfabe. Um, but with Adam Cole, apparently his deal was running out in August and it looks like he has inked a new three year deal. Some reports have him that he signed that deal a couple weeks ago. Um, no real confirmation about that yet. I'm not sure. Uh, I think WWE will release that information. I, I've seen them do that before with multi-year deals for certain superstars. And I would assume one of their top stars in their company is Adam Cole. He's, gosh, you know, he's been a champ 375 days now. And um, with the way AEW has crowded the market for pro wrestlers... Um, I just I don't think he's somebody that the WWE would let go. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the baby of Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And at this point, um, I just I just don't see Adam Cole going anywhere for quite some time. I do think he's going to be called up soon. Not sure Raw or SmackDown. I'm pretty sure Velveteen Dream will be up soon. Um, I don't know what that says for guys like Champa, and you know, I, I do think Karrion Cross eventually will be brought up. I mean, he's way too good uh, as a dominant guy to, to to be down in NXT too long. And again, you you still have to realize, and I don't care what WWE tells you, you have to understand that the NXT is still the C brand. Okay, so. Yes, it's got a prime time slot on on Wednesday nights. However, I still think, and I don't care what some of these guys say, they're not going to outright say, I want to stay in NXT. You still have a goal of going to Raw or SmackDown. Cause that's, where the, that's where the promotion is focused, and that's where, um, that's where they do most of their work. So it it to me, if you're Adam Cole, you've been NXT champion now for well over you know over a year. One would think that's where the next challenge is. Is okay. Well, let me go to the main roster. The problem is the main roster is still led by Vince McMahon, and what I mean by that is just look at the size of Adam Cole. You know, Road Dog who helps run NXT just said it in an interview. I think on Friday, he said if Adam Cole was six inches taller, he'd be the universal champion. That tells you right there that the mindset is already that Adam Cole was too small to be a universal champion. And that's the problem with the wrestling business today is it doesn't matter how big you are. I mean, it, it, it if you resonate with the crowd, who cares? It's professional wrestling. It's a work. It's a spectacle. Okay, look at Daniel Bryan seven, you know, six years ago, took over the wrestling world. He's no bigger. He's no bigger than Adam Cole. Um, but obviously you have a guy like Velveteen Dream or um, a Karrion Cross. That's that is right up the alley of Vince McMahon. Um, you know, you even got a guy like Tommaso Ciampa. He's he's small. I mean, these guys, if you're under five, eleven, six foot, you know, you're you're going to be labeled a small guy. And that's a shame because the business is it's better than that. You know, I even I mean even over in AEW, it's 
kind of the same thing. Um, you know, they they preach, you know, chances for all these guys, but, you know, John Moxley's a champion. He's a big dude. Cody Rhodes is a bigger guy now. He's he's their secondary champion. Um, before that, Chris Jericho, you know, 220 pounds, six foot two. Um, he's a bigger guy. Um, but it, it's still, you, you're just not seeing these guys that are 5'10", 5'11", that are getting these big time shots. Um, so I, I it, it, it's just, we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. I, for me, I think it's time Adam Cole drops the title and then comes up to Raw or SmackDown. I assume that's going to happen. Maybe SummerSlam. I can see that being a big SummerSlam angle where um, Adam Cole comes in and does something big. That would be really great. I honestly would save his his call up for when, when or if we'll actually be able to have arenas with you know full of fans because that would be a really big pop and that would be um, my choice on that one. So the the show kicked off uh, with a six woman tag match. Mia Yim, Shotzi Blackheart, and Tegan Knox defeated Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. That match was just under ten minutes. Good back and forth. It was really fast, uh, really fast paced. At some points, man, the, these women beat the crap out of each other, and that's what I really love about um, the NXT's women's division. I think it's the best division in the world. I think AEW should be embarrassed when they see uh, how great the NXT women's division is, especially when you got a guy like Kenny Omega, who before AEW came out, preached to the world that they're going to have the best women's division on the planet, and I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I, I think NXT's you know C squad is better than AEW's A squad for women. Other than Britt Baker, uh, Britt Baker's great. I would love to see Britt Baker um, against uh, you know an Io Shirai or a, or a Candice LeRae, um, even a Charlotte or a Rhea Ripley. I mean, it's it's hard to believe a girl like a woman. I'm sorry, a woman. Like Rhea Ripley is 23 years old. It's insanity. Um, next up was probably my favorite match of the night, hands down, was Finn Balor and Damian Priest. It only got 13 minutes, which isn't bad for for a pay-per-view match. But what's great about it is what they were able to accomplish in that 13 minutes. They had a great story coming into this. And I'm a huge fan of Damian Priest. Um or, you know, Punisher Martinez as what he was before that for those who knew him, like in the Monster Factory or Ring of Honor. Um, my wife actually, you know, knew him, not know him now because, you know, he's big time now. So I'm little time. Um, she knew, you know, Punisher for or Punishment Martinez for a long time. Uh, you know, always spoke super high of the guy um, in terms of character. I knew him and saw him when he was at the when he trained at the Monster Factory and was the and was the champ of that uh, wrestling school. Just a, a towering, intimidating presence, and I just really love the presentation that he has uh, with NXT. I think Shawn Michaels and, and Triple H has done a tremendous job with him to make him look like a legitimate superstar, and I think he is. Um, I I can definitely see you know, Damian Priest on a Monday Night Raw program with Drew McIntyre easily. I mean, I think it's already written how good. I think Damian Priest is one of the best entrances in, in the business. Um, I'm just a really big fan of him. He's 
kind of got like that Undertaker type vibe to him. Not his character. Obviously, the character is there, but you know, he's 6'5, 250, and he is all 6'5, 250. Um, I mean, he's in the best shape of his life, but he moves like he's 6'2, 180, 6'2, 200. He moves super well, and, and he's not a super young guy. I mean, people have to remember, um, you know, Damian Priest is 38 years old. <laughs> he's been in wrestling for a long time. And look, 38 years old is not what it was in 1997. You know, if you're 38 years old, 1997, you were basically almost put out the pasture in, you know, WC, oh, not WCW, WCW made a, <laughs> made a locker room full of paying over 40 guys, you know, millions of dollars. But in WWF, man, in 1997, if you were 38 years old, you were considered a dinosaur. And it's amazing how time changes over time. And, you know, you got guys like, um, you know, Finn Balor, who's in his mid-30s. Damian Priest is 38. AJ Styles is 42, 43. Um, Randy Orton at the top of his game is 40. You know, it's just a different era. It's a different generation of, of you know, human beings and, and athletes. So um, Damian Priest, I think, is primed to not be in NXT that much longer. I think by the turn of 2021, uh, I, I do think you'll see him on, on a main show, or at the very least, he will be the NXT world champion. I wonder if that's where they're going to start setting him up because, you know, my wife and I were watching the pay-per-view together, and she really wanted Damian Priest to win, as did I. I, I had a feeling, obviously, that Finn Balor was going to win. I mean, Finn, it's Finn Balor. It's pretty much one of their first meetings together. I just figure on the big pay-per-view, it'll be, you know, predominantly the focus will be on Damian Priest, but Finn Balor will come back at the end and get the win. He's a babyface. We're in a babyface territory, pal. So, um, at the end of the match when he lost, you know, my wife wasn't happy, and I kind of said, it doesn't really matter, you know, wins and losses don't necessarily matter in pro wrestling, and I don't care what AEW tells you, unless you lose like a hundred matches in a row, losing is kind of irrelevant because it's a work. Again, I'm gonna. <laughs> it just makes me laugh how serious some people take it sometimes. That if a guy loses, oh, it's over. It's a work. And it's just a what. <laughs> it doesn't really translate. What this loss does for Damian Priest? One, he outshined Finn Balor. The star of the match was Damian Priest. So what this does now is it sets up another match with them two where most likely that's where you're going to see Damian Priest go over. And it's going to create an even better story moving forward if they keep the storyline together, which I think they should because I think it's one of the better storylines they got going right now. Um, so that's that's where I'm at on Damian Priest. I know I just spent like two and a half minutes on him, but you know, it's an NXT show. I got to fill some time, right? So let me talk about guys that I like. And it's my show. And that's why you're listening. Uh, after that, the longest match of the night was 20 minutes and 35 seconds. That was Keith Lee beating Johnny Gargano uh, for the NXT North American Championship. I liked it. I thought it was kind of slow at points. I mean, you know, I'm not expecting Ciampa and, and Johnny Gargano in there. It's Keith Lee who is, what, 300 pounds, at least pushing 300. Um, yeah, yeah, I think he's like 320. Um, 6'2", 320, moving around there with me in the ring, basically Johnny Gargano. Um, 
I mean, Gargano's a stud. I mean, he's he's a good working heel. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of him as a heel. I like him as that that underneath babyface. I mean, when he was that babyface against Champa and against Adam Cole, I mean, that, I mean, that's prime Johnny Gargano there. That, you know, little pit bull babyface, and that's the kind of Johnny Gargano that I enjoy. Um, but I, I like Gargano as... Um, I enjoy Gargano as the, the heel right now because I think he and his his wife Candice LeRae have done a really good job. I, I really do. I I think Candice LeRae is great. I have nothing but props for Candice LeRae. I mean, at any level that she's been in, any organization, she's just really good. So I'm a big fan of Candice LeRae. Uh, my wife likes her silver hair, so that that's good. Um, <laughs> So after that, we had uh, Adam Cole. The only match that wasn't live was the NXT Championship match. Adam Cole retains against Velveteen Dream, the last chance backlight brawl. Um, so with this win, it looks like um, Dream can no longer challenge for the NXT Championship as long as Adam Cole was the champion. Again, it's pro wrestling. They can probably find their way out of this um, to get one more match out of it which I, I assume maybe they will. I, I They haven't really set anything up in terms of who's going to challenge Adam Cole next. So I, I really don't know how that's going to go. Um, so that was it was a good match. I mean, it was one of those, you know, they've been doing this more and more with the, the, the quarantine stuff of these taped um, theatrical matches. I liked it. It was cool. Um, I think Dream is an absolute star. You know, I've I've already told people about Adam Cole. Adam Cole is my favorite guy in the business right now. Um, I think Adam Cole is a guy that can carry the the torch for for the company. I really do. I just think he's that damn good. Um, and I think Velveteen Dream's right there. I mean, you you got a guy, you you got a guy who has so much charisma in Adam Cole. Then you got the other guy on the other hand who oozes twice as much charisma. In Velveteen Dream, the only thing I I would be critical of Velveteen Dream, and I don't try to be too critical of wrestlers because I'm not one, and I don't like podcasters that talk wrestling that go in and rip other people. Uh, look, I'm not a guy, I'm not a wrestler, I'm not a pro wrestler here. So the only thing I'm critical of is that sometimes his what's the word I'm looking for um, execution of certain moves are just not crisp and they don't look great you know sometimes his working punch as they say just really looks flimsy and doesn't look like it comes anywhere close to the guy that he's fighting um but that's really yeah I just think sometimes he can be very lackadaisical in his execution but you know he's just so charismatic and flamboyant that he can kind of uh get away with that he's not a refined catch-as-catch-can wrestler but you know he he gets the job done um, and I'm a, you know, everybody in my home, all two of us are a massive fan of Velveteen Dream. Um, I really do think that they're, the, the sky is the absolute, you know, limit for, for them two guys. Um, the fifth match of the night was a short one, but it was a statement. Karrion Cross um, uh, defeated Tommaso Ciampa by technical submission. He didn't tap out. He passed out. Um just over six minutes. It was basically uh, the Carrion Cross show. I, mean, I think there was at one point there was a really good, um, you know, standing DDT by Tommaso Ciampa. You got, you know, you got a 
uh, a two count on on Cross, but I mean after that, I mean Cross just absolutely dominated um, that uh, that entire match. Um, I know people love the entrance of Cross. I mean I think it's all right. I mean I'm not a a big fan of um, Scarlet, you know, mouthing the words to a song. Um, I don't know, but, but Cross is a monster. Karrion Cross is like the guy who Vince probably dreams of when he's working out at 3 a.m. in his gym. And I and and that's not a bad thing because I think Cross, he was the number one free agent in the business and the, the, the WWE went out and got him. So I got to give him credit. I don't know where they go from here with Champa. Maybe they go with another match between the two. I would love to see that. Um just don't know exactly if that's in their plans or not. And then obviously the, the main event was Io Shirai. Uh, 17 and a half minutes defeating Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, becoming the new NXT Women's Champion. Um, and I, I thought it was a good match. I, I enjoyed it. Um, again, the only time I'm going to be critical is, and I said this to my wife as it was going on, um, I just, and I saw this at WrestleMania too, I just don't think um, Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley me- uh, mesh well. I think that's a, there's a Styles clash there. Um, you know, Rhea Ripley is that brute badass, and I, I think in some cases, you know, she's super physical. But that's also Charlotte's game. Charlotte can be super physical because she's six foot. I mean, she's a six foot woman, and she's strong. She was always built and and booked to be a beast, and that's. You know, when Charlotte Flair is wrestling Bailey and Sasha, I mean, they, she towers over them. So she's going to be the forceful one. She's going to be the brute of the match. And I really think that that's where the Styles Clash comes from because Rhea Ripley is, is a 23-year-old absolute powerhouse. And she's so good and she's so strong and she doesn't even know how strong she is, it looks like sometimes. But, you know, there was about four or five times right in a row in a sequence where they had no idea what they were doing with each other. And they probably botched like at least five to six moves when they were on the ramp uh, before the, the big spot with the, the, the splash off the top of the, the house um, as it were. Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of, of certain sequences of that match. Um, I, I do think um, Shirai had, you know, almost literally almost knocked out and concussed Ripley with the finish. I mean, if you guys go watch that moon, so I'm going to go watch it again a few times because it happened so fast. You don't exactly know what connected to what, but it really did look like, um, Shirai, you know, on that moonsault, her kneecap just drove right in the side of the head of Rhea Ripley, um, for that one, two, three pinfall. So that was, that was NXT TakeOver in your house. I thought it was a great show. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, it. It looks like I think Florida passed or, you know, went into a different phase where, you know, more and more people are going to be allowed at these shows. I'm not sure how Raw and SmackDown are going to continue to look. Um, but la- tonight was, with the exception of Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream, it was a live show. Um, and there was the same amount of people there as before. Um WWE hasn't said anything regarding where they're going to be going with audience shows. Um, but I, I really hope we're going to get to a point where there's going to be more and more people. Because it's just, it gets really difficult to watch sometimes. No matter how good the product is, it's hard sometimes to really get into it when 
there's not, you know, between 13 and 20,000 people there screaming with you. I mean, it would have been absolutely awesome to, to, to have a crowd there for Finn Balor and Damian Priest or, you know, to hear what it was like when Cross, you know, beat Champa in just six minutes. And then for Shirai to win the NXT Women's title, which I'm not really sure many people saw coming. I really don't didn't see Charlotte dropping the title two months after winning it. Um, so it would have been really cool to see uh, a crowd for that. Um, so moving forward, you know, next week, uh, next Sunday is Backlash. Uh, some really good matchups there. Obviously the one that the whole, you know, the whole event is focused around is uh, Randy Orton and Edge. Um, I do know on Raw there's going to be a reuniting of Edge and Christian on the Peep Show. So that should be exciting. It's going to be great to see the reuniting of Edge and Christian with no crowd. Again, I'm just I'm just so bitter about there not being a crowd right now um, for these you know great moments. I just feel so bad for a guy like Edge. You know, waits nine years to come out of retirement, has just that massive return at the Royal Rumble. You know, in front of forty some thousand people, and then nobody. <laughs> so it's <laughs> and it, and it sucks because he's having an unbelievable rivalry with Randy Orton. You know, these guys deserve to have um, just standing ovations and they deserve to, to close out Raw with the crowd on their side. You know, I you know I thought that their match at WrestleMania, if that was in a crowd in an arena, my goodness, it, it, it could have been, it could have closed the show. It absolutely could have closed the show, um, in my opinion. If, if, if it wasn't for the Boneyard match, which will go down in lore as one of the greatest WrestleMania moments ever, I... I would have seriously thought about putting Edge and Orton on last, um, and that would have been the the, the match of the night. Um, obviously, the two championship matches were embarrassing. I truly think that this NXT show tonight has been the best show thus far in the quarantine era of the WWE. I really do. I think it's the best show of either company, of WWE or AEW. It's just... It was a really good show. I thought they booked it well. I thought the stories going into it were, were done um, crisp. Um, even the video packages that they put together for some of these were really good. The one for Priest and uh, Balor was great. The The promo for Cole and Velveteen was tremendous. Um, anything with, with, with Champa is great because he's... You know, he's one of the best guys on the mic. You know, he's a baby face, but, you know, he's like an Austin. I'm not comparing him to Steve Austin. I'm not comparing him to the biggest draw in the history of the business. I'm trying to say that he can get over working heel or baby face. It doesn't matter. Champa's going to be Champa. He's not going to be go out there and be a woohoo baby face like Johnny Gargano. He's going to be Tommaso Champa, and he's incredible at it. Um, and, um, and I really appreciate, you know, how WWE lets him be him. Um, but yeah, that's about it. So to just want to come on here and do a quick little uh, review show right after it, uh, right after I watched the show, I just came right on here to to record this with you guys to have a little conversation. Um, if you guys want to check us out on social media, uh, we are on Instagram eh? at the Hot Tag Podcast. All one word, no underscores, no dashes, none of that stuff. Just at the Hot Tag Podcast. Um, if you guys want to help out the show uh, financially, which you guys have done so well um, and really helped us out, you guys can just go to collaranobobrand.com. 
if you go to collarandelbowbrand.com, collarandelbowbrand.com. Sometimes I say that really fast. Um, when you guys go to checkout, use the code hot tag, all one word. You get 10% off your order, and a little bit comes back to the show uh, to help us keep growing here. So also, I had a couple messages about people not getting you know, the hot tag or the other show that I, that I do, the Disney Happy Hour, both part of the hot tag network, um, not getting the show on Apple Podcasts. Well, I reached out to Anchor, who, you know, as I was recording a commercial for them, you know, they said... Um, you know, blah, 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 we'll distribute your podcast to Google, Spotify, yada, yada, and Apple Podcasts. And I said to myself, my shows haven't been showing up on Apple Podcasts for quite some time, so I reached out to Anchor. Um, it was a blip on their end. Obviously, it's nothing that I did. Of course, it's nothing that I did. Um, I told them what the deal was. They They looked into it. So hopefully by middle of next week, maybe by the time this show drops, maybe Monday morning, um, you guys will be seeing the show on Apple Podcasts. So that's good because that's a pretty good chunk of the audience that, you know, are Apple users. I'm pretty sure, you know, 88% of the people in America that have a cell phone or iPhone users, um, they haven't adapted themselves yet to, you know, Samsung uh, technology. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm an equal cell phone, you know you know, person. I don't care how you listen to the show. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, you guys should be on, uh, be able to see us on iTunes, hopefully this week. So by the time you hear our next show, uh, that Colin and I are going to be doing, which is our best SummerSlam matches that we've ever seen, you know, top five, six, seven of them, I guess we'll go through. By the time that show is recorded this week, you guys will probably see that on iTunes along with every show that we've done in the past. So you can check out the archives. Um, we haven't done many things yet in terms of the current product. So you can definitely, you know, go back and listen to the episode we did where we, you know, chronicled Stone Cold Steve Austin from 2001. That was a real fun show. Um, definitely, you know, go back into the archives and and catch you all up on uh, how we do this. Uh, we'll do a little bit more in terms of the current product, especially with SummerSlam coming up. We got some really cool SummerSlam-based ideas that we want to do. Um, maybe pick some of the, the the matches that we love so much, and we, we might just either do watch-alongs of those matches or we'll do watch-alongs um, of that some specific SummerSlam pay-per-view. Um, so there's just a lot of things we're toying with. That's the glory of podcasts. You know, I don't have a, a, a radio show to do five days a week to come up with this stuff. So um, Barone and I can can sit down and check this out. Again, if you guys want to go to collarandelbowbrand.com, use the code hot tag at checkout. You get 10% off your order. Also, if you go to Etsy.com, Caitlin's Craft Room, um, if you want, you know, something with the hot tag on it, you know, you can talk to her about it. And uh, uh, Kyle did the same thing. He got the hot tag, uh, the original logo that we had that looked like the old Raw was War logo. He had that put on a, on a black hoodie with some, you know, verbiage put on the back. It came out fantastic. Um, if you go to her Etsy page, Caitlin's Craft Room, uh, it's Caitlin with a K. And when you go to checkout and you use the code hot tag podcast, uh, you will get a certain percentage off your order. Uh, and a little bit of that obviously comes back as always to help out this show 
to keep growing. So um, I'm Chris E. Francesco. I want to thank you guys so much for being here with me. The support of the show has been absolutely fantastic. You know, we we wouldn't do it without you. I mean, we we probably would because we have fun talking about professional wrestling. And, you know, my wife can only handle so much pro wrestling talk to where I have to call up, you know, my best friend Kyle Barone and be like, hey, let's just get on a microphone and talk for two hours about um, pro wrestling just to get this off our chest, especially during quarantine. I mean, I watch so much pro wrestling. My wife can't take it anymore. Um, she, you know, once she's done 90 Day Fiance, I want to put on it in your house. So look, who loses here? Most likely her. Um, so thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. Um, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Um, I'm sorry, weekend, your Sunday night, and I hope you guys have a great week. Look out for our show on iTunes. Look out for our next episode um, that we will be recording um, early this week about our, our favorite SummerSlam matches of all time. Um, also, if you guys go to Hot Tag Network, you guys can see um, all of our shows uh, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere for now. And um, again, I do another podcast. You guys can check that out as well. Um, but thank you so much for your support. We, we, we are so grateful for the questions you guys send us that we do a Q&A show once a month. And uh, just very grateful for the show ideas as well. Um, just looking forward to bringing you guys more content. So uh, have a good one, and I will catch you all down the road. See ya. Bye-bye.